What's up, guys, and welcome to The Huddle. We come at you every week to discuss how to maintain forward progress in your flooring career. This applies to flooring, but also plenty of other careers. Today, we're going to be talking about, you know, handling your finances and what to do with the money that you earn um, and kind of just best practices for, for uh, where to reinvest that money. And what we have found through my 20 some years of, of being in the flooring business and a lot of mistakes I made and a lot of uh, lessons learned. And I uh, got Daniel and Jose with me as usual. And they're going to share some of their, you know, experience and, and um, uh, you know, their, their journey as well. We'll have time at the end here. Uh, for some Q&A. So if you have any questions, type them, uh, type them in the chat and uh, we'll do our best to answer those at the end. So as usual, guys, how's, how's the week starting for you? Uh, busy. <laughs> I think, we're, I think we've, we've kind of hit a bottleneck right now, you know, with everything's kind of, the end of every month, everything's just kind of going together just like that. Yeah, and summer's here. So if you're in schools, uh, you're you're getting getting that work, trying to get that work done, yeah. and uh, it's it's really encouraging. Just a note to everybody that I, I looked at the architects. Um, we had an event at one of my uh, facilities here in Wichita last week, and <clears throat> talking to some architects, and their uh, the reporting they get looks like uh, it it kind of echoes what was said at surfaces this year, um, which is architectural billings are uh, significantly up all the way through and, and look to be uh, staying up all the way through 2023 mm -hmm. uh, with all the talk of recessions and, and, you know, the, the economy and all that, that for construction people is, is a big plus. So hopefully that stands true. That being said, gentlemen, handling your finances, I, I took a few notes and wrote down a few things that um, I think we were discussing before this. It may, may seem a little elementary sometimes, but had I been told some of this stuff when I first got started, I think it could have, well, I know for a fact it would have helped me a lot. So Starting off, uh, you you start earning money and you 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 get some cash flow going. What do you do with that money, right? Invest that money in yourself first. You can't be the leader of a company or an uh, you know other employees and things like that if you're not the person that can you know. Currently, if you're not the person that can be that guy, you have to become that guy. That only happens through education, um, a lot of personal development. Um, so, you know, I won't tell you what genre or whatever, but there's, you know, read books, take courses, learn. Um, so I, I believe heavily that you have to become the person you want to be uh, to do the things you want to do. And so, you know, if you want to be a star, you know, track runner, you're not going to just magically, it's not just magically going to happen. You have to put in the work, the training, the learning, 
Um, and when you get real good, you start to learn these little techniques that make you faster just from, uh, you know, your form and things like that. So not that I'm a track expert, but that's, uh, that's, that's the best technology I could come up with off the top of my head. Uh, number two, and you know, you guys could probably speak to this as good as anybody, uh, and probably better than most is your equipment and tools. You know, how, how, how can those items, how do the, how do you see those items like benefiting? Why is, why would you say that's so important? Uh, it promotes efficiency, man. Like you don't have the right equipment, then it's going to take you twice as long, you know? And, and, you know, when we started out um, and, and we just talked about this too, is um, the, the D cup, as simple as it is. And, and to put it in perspective is the very first time that I've ever seen millwork base and I was responsible for doing it. You know, I had zero knowledge on it and we went out and I'll never forget the place. It was called uh, uh, Marshall Manor. Went out there with a utility knife, with zero clue, and right on the box it shows a miter saw. And uh, the gentleman on site had this nice, expensive, finished carpenter miter saw, and he would not let me use it. We didn't have it, and we had to knife everything. Did it look good? Yeah, at the time it probably did to, for what I could do with a knife, but once we uh, got a miter saw, it made it so much easier, and then all of a sudden this D-cut comes out, and we don't have to clean up, and I can drag it around, and you could show anybody how to use it. So, and you didn't uh, need power. <laughs> yeah. Correct. You didn't need power, and you weren't cleaning up in the mess. You weren't putting plastic up a wall where you were cutting to protect, uh, you know, some some wallpaper that, that had texture to it. There's just having the right stuff and the right tools uh, goes alongside with the right education and how to use that tool. And man, does it speed things up. Where and, did uh, you see the D cutter first? I know. I don't even know. I think uh, Daniel just had mentioned something about a D cut. Uh, we probably went to like an open house and seen it, and we probably dismissed it. Like, oh no way, that's no way. And then the demonstration was like, really? So yeah, I seen um, it at a show. I can't remember what show it was, but I seen it at a show first. So, like, go to open houses and go to shows <laughs> if yeah, you can make yeah, it to them because years. that's where you're going to see the most innovative stuff. I, one of the things um, that I can think of is the um, the welder. Leister came out with the the ninety degree angle uh, tip. That little thing turned out. I bought it at a show. It turned out to be absolutely wonderful. It was a great yeah. buy. I was heat welding some flash cove yesterday in the. The toe kick was only about, I don't know, it was less than four inches off the ground, I think. So if I didn't have that, the little gun, as well as that 90 degree tip. Yeah, getting under cabinets. Yeah. Getting under cabinets in a uh, medical facility. You know, yep. sometimes those toe kicks are in farther than normal. And I tell you what, it's come in super handy. My point is just, like keep your mind open for tools. If you can make it to some shows or open houses or get into your distributor and asking them what's new, it's it can save a ton of time. Uh, right. Telling you, you guys, take uh, investing in the tools like simple back to the knee pads. Invest in a good pair of knee pads. Save your knees for a long time. I didn't wear knee pads to the point where it looked like I had two kneecaps, <laughs> and I thought that was normal. No, I'm. 
and then you you invest into some knee pads and then you're like man my knees and my back don't have to feel as bad as they have been yeah if you're yeah. early on in the career and you see some more knee pads just ask them like even if you think you're against it just ask them because long term holy smokes um, same thing with a, a pouch my first yeah. six seven years i didn't carry a pouch i put it in my back pocket you know put knives in my back pocket or lose tools here leave them in a classroom uh, down the hall around the corner do you ever cut yourself <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah cut the bottom of my butt cheek a few times yeah um cut a hole in the pocket and the carpet blade would fall through and cut my calf when I was walking. I'm like, oh man, I guess it's time to switch pockets. I wish I had a leather pouch I could stick this thing in. Yeah, that would have been great, right? How convenient. So just Yeah, so I mean, not only will uh, investing in equipment make you faster and more efficient, it will save your butt cheeks. Yes. Apparently. Uh, so the, the next one, and you guys, you know, have invested in your employees. Um, I believe that's up there on the list. Uh, investing from a training's perspective, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's caring uh, about them, caring about them. Um, you know, trying to help them succeed, uh, advancement opportunities, and and how can you, um, you know. For us, it's it's like a f several years ago. It's been probably five years ago. We started offering full health insurance paid by the company for all uh, installers and that work for our company by the hour that are employee installers. Um, company wide, that you know we invested in that a half a decade ago or whatever. Um, so invested in your employees, you know, will create loyalty, but also you know. We want the best life form that we can, you know, help them to achieve. We can't force anybody to achieve, but setting setting them up for success as best as we know how, and uh, listening and hopefully uh, having some open dialogue. So your employees, obviously, having good employees that can perform the duties that you need them to do, um, whether it's install or in the office, an admin. Um, those are good places to put your money as well. It's, it's hard not to, right? Because uh, if you have a bus and you're the driver, but you don't have any wheels, you know, you gotta gotta find the right team to help you maintain that that vehicle to get from point A to point B. And um, if you're not willing to put some kind of uh, investment towards your employees, I, I highly doubt that they're going to stick around for you. Um, and on the other hand. Um, individuals, entrepreneurs, uh, gentlemen working for themselves and maybe making a transition from uh, uh, self-employed to employee, there, there's, there is a difference, right? Like when we made the transition, it was a different mindset. Um, we were still thinking like we we're self-employed and we're treating the whole thing like we were self-employed. But once we started transitioning, we started thinking um, more employee classification and then everything else that came along with it. Um, it started opening up our eyes to, to a couple of different uh, avenues that we weren't taking. Um, but we did have the luxury of, uh, of working with a, a company who did classify us as employees and they did have benefits and, you know, and, and, you know, can't say that we have original ideas, but it was great to be able to work with a company like that to, to give us some ideas. You could take away the things you do like um, from situations like that and apply it. What, what, what was your, what, what did you guys, 
when you first started out on your own, you had helper or a couple helpers or or whatever. What what did investing in your employees at that time look like? What was that? Your new guy, your your new company, you're going out, you got an installation business, you're gonna start subbing through shops, maybe you know, yeah. grabbing some work direct what is your, what was your, what did it look like for you guys to invest in employees at that time? I think it was more of a thank me in my check type mentality. Hey, thanks man for doing a great job. Really? Thank me in my check. You know what I mean? So it was more um, just adding additional funds to their, their check or, or um, early on, it was a lot of uh, giving them rides to picking them up from their houses and yeah. stuff like that. You take what you can get. So it was working with uh, working with them to help them be successful in one way or another, yeah. whether it's getting them to the job or or um, which I'm sure everybody on this call, um, both us and anyone watching that's in flooring can probably relate to going and waking up an installer to get them in the truck and get them in the job. So hopefully, yes. uh, you know, that climate changes a little bit. Um, you know, my hope is that the installation community starts to really take some steps forward here to get themselves trained to to um, utilize the 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 you know tools at their disposal to to get trained uh, and start caring about your career, not just about getting a check at the end of the week. A check is great. That's how we prove that we 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 have given somebody value is the money. But really, the goal has to be something a little different, maybe bigger, uh, which is being the best that you can be at whatever you chose to to be in. I mean, the fact yeah. is, if you're in flooring, you chose it. I know a lot of us believe well, that flooring is debatable, man. <laughs> but, you know, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of the people that that we've met along our, our journey um, are, are in the trade. They would say by accident, right? The flooring chose us, um, but th those guys have been in it for a lot longer than we have, and yeah, they, they made some good decisions early on. And, and I can't say that we're not taking advice from them because any, anytime we're sitting there learning, even from you, you know, we we take advice from you as well because you you've already been through it. You've been through something we haven't, and uh, yeah, it, me it's, as it's well. Nice to be able to so uh, we we've got yourself, your tools and equipment, your employees. I put savings next. Like at some point you have to start socking a little away. You got to start putting a little bit of money away. Um, there's other way, you know, I'm no, uh, you know, financial advisor, but I can tell you saving, you know, close to 10% of your, your money each week can come in real handy during a market downturn or a few weeks of, of a job canceling on you or whatever. So, you know, for your own well-being as well as your families, I honestly believe savings is a piece that nobody really likes to save money. I mean, we like, we really enjoy spending money, but how much do we like to save money? Um, I know that that can be a, a, um, struggle, but if you can make it automatic 10% out of your check, whatever you earn, go into savings, uh, 
or somewhere around there, that's been a good practice. I didn't honestly start doing that until probably, it's kind of almost sad to say, probably 10 years ago. I was probably 32 or 35 before I really started putting back yeah. uh, any significant amount of savings. I didn't have anybody tell me how important it was. Um, I could have, you know, when I was making 600 bucks a week, I could have put 60 bucks a week away. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't really understand the importance of it. So if you on this call don't understand the importance of it, I'm just telling you, it, it can change your life. Uh, you can really, um, you know, if it keeps going great and things are going up and you don't have to tap into your savings, that's awesome. Now you have a little nest egg that you can invest in some manner, uh, get with a financial advisor and start talking to them. But don't think that you can't go talk to a financial advisor. Like that's another big piece. Just go talk. They're they're free to talk to. Yeah, they're, they they all want to give you that information for free. And then once you're to that point, you're like, all right, I can't do it by myself. That's where they start making their money. Yeah, I'd challenge everybody on the call. Go call a financial advisor tomorrow. Just talk to them, chat with them. You know, I know the stock market and the economy sucks right now, especially equities and and you know bond rates aren't great aren't great either, which is an anomaly in our economy. You know, both are going down right now. Um, but this is the time when you start investing that things, you make your money in these downturns. You invest now, it has to go back up eventually. So, um, yeah, so, and that kind of flows right into the next one, which is investments. In, in that case, I'm not talking about, you know, financial instruments as an investment. I'm talking about investing back in your company and technology or more employees or more, you know, we already talked about tools and equipment, but a little bit more like that specialty equipment um, that can make you some major money. We bought a demo machine probably, it's been eight or 10 years ago. It's made us a ton of money. And so... I know other installers that have made that investment, 40 grand or thereabouts investment into a write-on demo machine. I know guys that, you know, they reach out to me. They're like, all I want to do is demo. I'm like, too bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I need you to install still. <laughs> but that's, that's yeah. Real thing. Yeah, it's a, it's um. but what I mean is you guys invested your time and effort into technology to make your communication better. That's what Go Career is all about is a piece of technology that can help you run your company and your installation labor better and keep better track and 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 make sure you have the right talent on the right job. But there's plenty of other software out there um, from different accounting systems to project management systems. We use a product called Structure, which is um, a, an accounting project management software. Uh, also, we use Slack for inner office communications to help keep our email inboxes just for clients and, and things like that. So we're not emailing each other back and forth. I think there's 30 some employees in our company right now. All those emails back and forth. It's, you know, we use Slack to keep our in, inbox clean. Um, you guys use, I believe, Microsoft Teams for a lot of stuff like that, too. I mean, that had to be an investment in time and effort to put that together. 
That was it's it ongoing. Was, yeah, it's constantly it's evolving, just yeah. like you know anything in business. It's if it's not evolving, that means you're doing something wrong, right? Well, you're not pushing the envelope much if <laughs> yeah. in that case, but yeah, I agree. Well, that you know, that's that's where the progression here is you start off as an installer, you start with tools, you start with, and then your first employees, and now you're investing in technologies that'll help your company grow. Maybe you got an office manager or somebody, an assistant of some sort that's helping you and you need communications pieces. Um, so just keep your mind open. The real thing here is uh, one of our core values at Stewart Associates is to stay innovative that we're, we want to be on the forefront of technology and things that are going to make our company and our employees more productive. That's a constant search. There's always new stuff coming out. There's always new things to do. It's a constant search to find the items that match what your need is. Um, and, you know, I encourage everybody to, you know, stay on the, stay on the forefront keep your mind open um, for different things that can make you better. Right. And it's, it's a mindset switch too, right? Because when we started, it was always, well, I can't afford this. I can't afford to classify these guys as employees. I can't afford this piece of software. And then, yeah, we can't afford this demo machine. And then it, it gets to a point where you're like, I can't afford not to do this. Yeah. You know, it's funny, yeah. I, I can't afford it. I remember, so this, I'm going to go way back when we started and we were excited, but when we bought our first welder, uh, heat welder, like that was expensive to us. I think we spent just over four grand or something, right around four grand. And we didn't really have anything. We didn't have any employees yet. And I remember we bought it because I was like, if we don't have it, I can't go after that work. Like I can't get the work and then say, now we need this because now, now we got to wait because I need to get these tools. And it was like, Put it in your pocket, put it in your toolbox, and then say, yes, we can do that. But uh, we, we bought it, and the first thing that we went and did was a three-foot repair scene over at a, at a hospital. It was a saddle in the doorway. Um, both of us went. Too. We both went. We were excited. <laughs> let's check it out. Let's, let's, you know, Huge and, uh, profits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's nerve-wracking, man. It is, man. And, and you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel until you start getting that that vehicle in motion again right so well, that's the idea just, that's why it's an investment right that's the idea of investing is delaying your gratification for that whatever you're investing in so that's whether it's money or a tool you know a lot of people buy something just like you that it may be not pay for itself next week now I got a great story about my demo machine. I did pay for it in one week by landing a big job. I was, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was on vacation in the Bahamas and I called my rep and I'm like, I need that machine delivered tomorrow. <laughs> so I was in the situation you're talking about avoiding and I had to pay extra. It, it was a nightmare, but we did get the job done. It went really, really well. And it basically that one job paid for that machine. So there's opportunities out there to keep your mind open for that stuff too, if you're willing to invest that money. In fact, our batteries just went out on that machine, cost $6,000 for new batteries. Oh no. Yeah. But I'll tell you this we are lost without that piece of equipment. We have guys, we use it so much. Like. 
to tear up by hand. We get like, you should tear this up by hand. I'm like, yeah, four inch strips or four inch scraper or two inch strips. No way, I would quit. Yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you would. Yeah, and that, that's why we have two of them now too. Is if one goes down, we still got that that backup. Yeah, yeah I need to get another. You guys are ahead of me on that. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like just taking I need the plan B. The job sites sometimes just the amount of work that can be done. Yeah. Well, and you do, you know, that kind of goes back to some previous uh, huddles we've had. It does add to your professionalism. You pull that sucker up in a trailer and you pull that thing off. People are like, these guys know what they're doing. Or you got 10 guys with, <laughs> with clamp pullers and, you know, spud hose trying to tear stuff up. Or we used to call them idiot sticks that weighted, you know, spades that you'd use oh. to tear up VCT back in the day. Well, so last I have, uh, I put it last because it's the, 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 the one that I think probably uh, turns people off the most, but it really probably should be number one, and that's taxes. I cannot tell you how many stories I've heard of installation companies going under or coming to me for an hourly job because they didn't pay their taxes. They didn't track them. They, they didn't have a way to keep up with what they were earning so that they kind of had an idea on what to save back or pull back for taxes. And this is separate from your savings. You know, if you're doing well as an install company, you're going to be, I mean, get with a, an accountant. That's another thing. They are cheap when it comes to, let's call it a life cycle cost. Like, yeah, they're expensive by the hour, but when you need them by the, for that hour, they're cheap. So get yourself set up correctly and make sure you're, you're pulling, you know, you have your accountant helping you understand how much you need to keep back on taxes and make your, make your, uh, you know, your quarterly payments or whatever. Uh, however you, you guys want to do that, that's up to each individual person or each individual company. But I would tell you, if you are not keeping track of that and making it a priority, I didn't early on. I got in tax trouble, bad tax trouble. I was able to pull myself out of it. But I know I've I've sat with you guys and talked in the past. I know you've had your problems. So this isn't something that a few, I, it's almost like every installer I've ever talked to almost has either major tax problems currently or or has had them in the past. I had them in the past. You had them in the past. Listen, listen, everybody. Right. <laughs> Pay your taxes. Find a way to charge more money. Take some of the techniques we talked about before about making more money, increasing your 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 value to the industry, so that then you can demand more. And by all means, you know, a good place to start is around twenty five percent. Um, you could be all the way up to 35, you know, I think the top tax rates like 39. Uh, so I guess you could get all the way to that level. You have to know kind of where you're at, but if, if, if at the very least you're doing 25%, get with your accountant, make sure you got your deductions. You're taking advantage of all the tax code that's there for you to take advantage of. And then after that, Maybe you're less than 25, but at the end of the day, if it ends up at 30 
or 35, you're almost there. You're, you don't have a huge tax bill. So right. this goes back to the whole software thing too, because you can keep track of that stuff for your account to actually let you know this is how much you should be keeping, you know, back. Because without, if you just got a shoebox full of receipts that you turn in at the end of the year, oh, you don't, you're not. Yeah, he, he well, <laughs> gave you a number, but is it accurate? Who knows? The shoebox full of receipts. That was me. And that's a benefit of working you know, for example, in Go Carrera is you have reporting on the backside of that that at least allows you to understand. It's not an accounting system, but it at least allows you to understand what you've uh, billed and what you've been paid. And you can track that in your, in your, um, in the, the payments account, everything. So at the very least, you know what your revenue is and um, you know, in the future, we're going to give some ability to track expenses. So a very low level um, type of accounting. But if you're just you or two guys and a helper or something, it will suffice and really help you keep track of where you're at. As you get more sophisticated and you need to have a full on accounting system like QuickBooks or something. I know a lot of companies use QuickBooks. I know I believe you guys do, don't you? We use QuickBooks. Yep. Yeah. And and that's come a long way. So yeah, you're right, Daniel, hundred percent. Like use, you're going to have to invest in technology to be able to, um, you know, accurately track where you're at, both from an expense, deductions, all that kind of stuff, all your shoebox full yeah. of receipts. If I could you know? go back in time, if I go back in time and do it all over again, from day one, even if it was just me and Daniel starting out, we should definitely just just have that just in case because you don't want to wait till you need it then learn how to use it right you want to make sure that you understand the inner workings of it so that way as you grow your knowledge grows with it and, and you're able to, to make those adjustments because uh it, even if you're a sole proprietor one individual like make it easy on yourself man that's a super easy investment yeah i mean that's again that's what an investment is is putting something into something before you need it a lot of times um, or you can not necessarily like I did the demo machine. <laughs> or you can spend all that time at the beginning of every year trying to get everything together, and you know, two weeks into trying to consolidate all your paperwork and your receipts, when you could have spent two weeks uh, finding more work or two weeks working on a project. Um, you know, you'll save yourself a lot of headache. That it's definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. That that's the the six biggest items I I have on my list, um, and you guys had a lot of the same stuff. It sounds like um, I think that one really important thing to understand is don't spend all the money that you make. Yeah, there's plenty of places to invest it that'll make you more successful long term, help your image, help you earn more money be more efficient. Um, all these things are really important when you're running a company. And it, uh, the last thing I'll say is that there's so many installer uh, companies out there, installation companies that do not operate as companies, that, that do not even view themselves as a company. If you're, even if you're a sole proprietor, um, you can be a company. You are the company at that point, but you have to operate like one. Again, that's an investment. 
if you're if it's just you and you you plan on growing your installation business to 40 guys and being a super sub for you know medical facilities or whatever your goal is you have to start operating as such don't don't wait until you have to do it to do it you know do it like ahead of we did yeah. like we did don't do what we did we're trying to help <laughs> trying to tell you guys the stuff we did wrong so well let me let me uh what's your guys is you guys got anything else to say before we open it up for questions no all i was gonna say was uh, uh you learn more by by other people's mistakes and your mistakes than you do by all your successes so um you know it doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen on accident people don't see the failures behind the success they just see the success so just know that that that's one thing that i i, I like to say is you got to stop saying that i can't afford it and you got to start changing your mindset and, and saying i can't afford not to do something because it's like you said it's an investment and it's just going to grow from from wherever you're at now yep yeah it's a it's a um it's an interesting dichotomy on what to do with money because money is like fire if it's in your pocket. So if you don't get it reinvested to make more of it, um, you know, you end up not having any, I've watched it for too many times. So my, my hope is that any install companies out there that are listening, that you make sure you're operating as a company that you, you know, are reaching out to accountants and getting your deductions and, and take advantage of being a company. Um, there's a lot of stuff out there that you can learn. Uh, it's just a matter of investing that time and effort. So let's move on to uh, some questions. See what we got here. Okay, we had a question come in. Um, how do you recover or bounce back from a year of not correctly handling your money? It's hard. Yeah. It, it's hard to bounce back. What uh really that that saving is I think what kind of saved us at one point because we were we were at least smart about one thing is we got to put this money away, taxes and savings. And then once you figure out, Hey, we're not doing too hot. And then you got to fall back on that savings. Yeah. And then you can kind of take a look at the big picture and be like, all right, this is what wasn't working. This is what has to change. And then you have that cushion in order to be able to do that. Yeah. And um, if they're referring to like uh, taxes and all that, um, as far as, uh, falling behind and not paying uh, their estimate or the quarterly. Um, now a lot of people do what I did, but I called them and said, hey, Mr. IRS, I think I owe you some money. Um, and they're like, yeah, you're under the radar. Of course you, and so I opened up that can of worms myself, right? But- um, Well, kudos, sorry to interrupt you, but kudos because yeah. that just keeps snowballing and snowballing. So, they're not gonna yes. go away. Yes, I was, I was definitely, there were a lot of years involved in there, right? So um, the way that I personally did it, because I didn't want it to affect anything else that we were building or my, or, or, uh, my family, my, my future, um, is, is I made phone calls and I, I, I made payment plans with the IRS. I, uh, 
I basically put myself out there, you know, vulnerability, right? Humility. I said, hey, I've made some mistakes. I'd like to correct them, but I can't afford to correct them right now today. What can we do so that way I can start correcting it, right? And um, you, you might not like what they have to say, but, you know, they really want you to correct it. So they are more than willing to work with you, whether you do it on your own or hire an attorney um, to, to help with some of those corrections. Uh, it's just a matter of taking that initial step, but just, just be ready to put yourself in a position you're going to be uncomfortable for a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> just to add to that, don't run. Don't, don't avoid. They'll find you. Face it head on. They will find you. Face it head on and make a payment plan. Uh, you know, I went through it and I sincerely wish I would have had some guidance and not went through it, but I did. And it's about making a payment plan. And then you make a little chunk of money on a good job and you pay the sucker down and, you know, you just chip away at it. The real key is to not run and face it. And Jose just gave you a great example of that. Call them. Like, you know, if you haven't paid your taxes, yeah, I'm not know. saying you know how much to pay, but you know, if you haven't filed in three years or something, like go ahead and call them. Uh, I know a guy that even though he did do that, you know, it was a bit of a struggle, um, but he's faced up to it and went ahead at it and he's about there or he is there. So those are from a, that's from a tax standpoint. If, if you have a rough year, like I'm assuming that question was about taxes. Um, but, you know, if you have a rough year where you're not really, you know, making money, it's, it's time to back up, assess and address the problem. Um, okay. I'm, I encourage people to be warriors there. Like it's going to, sometimes it gets tough. You got to get up early and stay late sometimes to make things happen and make the money that you need to make to be a profitable business. And um, sometimes you just got to strap up the boots and get after it. And yeah. we're in the age right now to where there's groups out there and reach out to someone, ask a question. Everyone is more than willing to give information. We've all been through something. So yeah, just posting a group, hey, this is what I'm going through. And then like myself, I've been, there's been plenty of times where, you know, because sometimes you go in these groups and people just want to BS with, with comments that don't matter. Yeah. So I just reach out through a message and, and talk to them that way. That way they, they know it's like, I'm not, I don't want to deal with everything that's going on, but I just want to let you know, this is what's going on. This is what we did. Stuff like that. Yeah, and it might not be relatable to anybody, right? Because you know, the direction that we went, and we might have taken the long way around compared to some people who might have been able to find a way to streamline some results. But um, you know, that was the only way for us at the time. It was our only path at that time. And uh, once we started the path, it would have taken us longer to veer back uh, to start another one. So we just pushed forward. And well, the key sounds like is just that you pushed forward towards resolution so yeah. see what other questions we have here okay there's another question asking what would be the first step or resource that can be used to get ahead of them for their financial responsibilities to get ahead for their financial responsibilities 
Yeah, what would be their first step or their first resource that they can use? Talk to an accountant. We already kind of touched on that. It wasn't until like our accountant actually helped us to restructure the way that we were set up. So that way we essentially save a bunch of money on taxes and that money help offset the cost of the employees that we had. So just, you know, going to them. And like I said, he talked to us for free before we were like, all right, we're on board. Yeah. The yeah, they want you to be their client. Right. And he didn't he didn't put us in the, in the position to where he was um, the deductions kind of were overbearing. It made us look like our, our annual income was lower, right? Because our net worth, we can you want to make sure that you are doing it in a fashion so you can still go qualify for uh, a loan, uh, your personal income versus your business income if you go that route. Um, it's good enough to, to get the loans and make your net worth. Um, enough to qualify for them. And I mean, obviously credit scores involved, but that's another talk. Um, just understand what you're doing and what your end goal is. Um, and then they'll lead you in that direction. And then the other thing I would say is to, it goes back to the software, you know, we use QuickBooks, but there's plenty of other things out there. You can go use an Excel spreadsheet or Google Docs, you know, but tracking what you're making and what you're spending. So you have to know what's coming in and what's going out. Because if you don't, a lot of things get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. So the, the more information that you track, the better off you are in the long run to know when something's going wrong or that, that's really it, when something's going wrong. So that way you know, all right, something has to change ahead of time before it starts getting too bad. And it's never too early to start that. No, and and you don't can do wait. baby steps too, right? Yeah, don't wait to do it. Like, it's never too early to start tracking what you make and um, what what expenses you have, and then what's left over. And talking to an accountant so that you can reduce your taxable income uh, is is important. But I I would say like the probably the most elementary answer to that is what we've talked about in this call. Save 10%, put back 25% and, and make your quarterly or some uh, standard uh, pay into on taxes uh, and invest in, in equipment and tools that are going to make you more money. I would say what we've talked about in this call is a great spot to start. Even if you don't talk to an accountant, if you track your expenses, track your income, save some money and put back money for taxes. Uh, you're, you're light years away ahead of where I started and where, what I, what I did for the first five or six years. Right. And that's where I, you know, that I say it's baby steps because you just have to start getting in a, a rhythm of doing these things in order to keep on doing them. Right. You got to make it a habit. Yeah. And then once it becomes a habit, then, then it's easier to, go back and be like, okay, now I need to track this, or now I need to break down, you know, these costs per job. And then we're still not into, not to a spot yet to where we feel comfortable where we're tracking enough stuff. So it's just continuously going and being like, all right, once I get in the habit of this, I can go back and then start tracking the next thing. So that way 
next year at this time, I'll know where I'm at with that. We'll just keep improving, right? <clears throat> like you said, yeah. like do it. Don't don't think that you have to wait till you're going to be perfect at it to start. Start, get better each year. Eventually, you get there. We had a comment come across here that that says uh, contractors need to understand their overhead first and foremost. They need to know what it will cost to live. You have to put all this together so you can uh, know how to charge appropriately and figure out your taxes. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, overhead and cost expenses um, is important. Early on, you may not have much true overhead. Uh, when I started, it was just me and a, and a helper. And, you know, I started subbing. When I actually opened the company and we got a little office, now we got overhead and we had to know what our expenses were. And when you get to that point, it's good to figure out what your break-even point is. How much do you need, how much revenue at your regular um, profit margin, how much revenue do you have to make to break even? Now you have a goal of where to break even and then north of that is profit. Um, you know, we found that as we grew and got bigger and bigger and bigger, uh, our profit uh, timeline got farther and farther down the year. It wasn't until the last quarter of the year that we actually started to pull in the profit for the entire year. Up to that point, even though we're profitable, we're, we're making money every month. The bottom line is you there from a yearly basis, you have a, a, a break even point. And I would encourage anybody, you know, know what your break even point is. And then you kind of know where, where you need to drive north because at some point if your overhead are somewhat fixed and you 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 increase your um your revenues versus that stagnant overhead that's when you hit profit so any other questions oh we got kyle well, raise so his hand go kyle well, that was my my comment. So um, uh, I can't turn my video on. If you want to turn my video on, I can. Uh, you can see my face. But uh, awesome. No one needs <laughs> to see it. No one needs to see it. Hey, I don't disagree, sir. Um, so what I was going to say is, you were talking about early on, you didn't have a lot of overhead, and I I, I slightly disagree with that, and I think it's overlooked. Okay, so. When I when I'm talking about overhead, your truck is your overhead, your tools are your overhead, your trailers your overhead, the employee is is overhead. Like there's way more expenses than what people are are looking at, in my opinion. Especially if you do have an employee, right? Now you're adding in workman's comp, matching taxes. You have your general liability. You have any other insurances for your your truck? Uh, I put insurance on my trailer. I've got insurance on my tools. So all this stuff starts adding up and it, it's more like, I think a lot of guys look at it and they're like, okay, well, I need to make $75,000 a year. And that breaks down to X amount of dollars per day. Well, that's great. Except you forgot about the taxes and everything else. I want to be able to buy a new $30,000 used truck every five years. So that's built into my overhead. I'm not paying for that out of my $75,000. That would be foolish, right? Cause so it's a business. It's the truck's it's the business's truck. So it needs to pay for the $30,000 truck every, every five years. I, I have my tools on a, on a five-year replacement plan. If I take care of them, can they last longer than that? Sure. But 
we have to know what it costs and then that money's there. So if I'm not, how did you go again? How, how did you go about that? I, I completely agree. Uh, okay. How did you go about um, assessing that early on when you had a van and some tools or a truck and some tools and uh, you, you figured your replacement costs for tooling and things like that, which is very uh, much a um, overhead item that, you know, typically comes a little later, but certainly the vehicle and the tools and such, uh, that's pretty, pretty uh, cool idea to think, to put together a uh, expense, so to speak, for uh, tool replacement. Yeah. Uh, how'd you go about that? So I'll, I'll be honest that I came up with it maybe like a year ago and it was just, I, I have a knack for numbers. Like I just, Early on, I was asked by somebody that I was in a BNI group with, and they were like, "What's your what's your like break even point for a day?" And I was like, "Ah, it's like five hundred bucks." They're like, "Well, how do you know?" And I was like, "I just, I know." And so I went and sat down with my bookkeeper, and it turns out it was five hundred bucks. But that was breaking dead even. Like taxes were covered, expenses were covered, everything. And so as I got better and I started charging more, um, I really started looking at it and I kept seeing people, how do I, what do I charge? What do I charge? Right. And all these different groups. And so I developed a spreadsheet and I was just like, okay, folks, I need help. Like, what are the expenses that it costs you to run your business? Like start throwing everything in the kitchen sink at me. And I, I put together a comprehensive list on a spreadsheet and I figured out if it was an immediate expense then that comes out as a business expense that year. If it's something like your tools or your truck and you're having to save that money up year over year, then there's a, there's a column in it that you can mark it as taxable because you're going to pay taxes on that money sitting there. And so it, it takes into account, you know, 20, 30 things. And if you have things that you need to add, you can add them in. If you have a shop space, you can put that cost in. If you have, um, multiple trailers or something you can you can sit there and, and customize this to it and it was just me thinking about what does it actually take to run a business because when you're when you're talking with contractors great artisans not always great at business and, and yeah. a lot of things go overlooked and i and really enjoy that side of the of it and so i like trying to put together these tools to help further other people to be more successful there's no reason that installers should be living paycheck to paycheck no, it, it's it's there's no excuse in my mind whatsoever. And this let, is a tool to push them forward. Let me caveat to that is to say that, you know, as we've talked in this discussion, that it's never too early to start. What I'm what I'm trying to encourage people, especially installers who are getting going, is they may not have a truck, two trailers and all the tools. Mm -hmm. ha understanding your expenses should start the day you decide to start subcontracting or going out and doing, uh, you know, performing as a company. If you're doing that, it's never too early to start tracking expenses, tracking revenue, and understanding the difference. You have some years of experience to fine tune that stuff. I've got 25 years and we have, you know, accountants that we know exactly what we have to bill every month to break even and anything north of that is gravy, baby. Right. And we understand those numbers, but don't think you have to get, you know, become some big company or some big, you know, even installation, like you have to do a million dollars a year in installation to, to 
to do this. You need to do it regardless of whether you're 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 billing out two hundred thousand a year or if you're billing out ten million a year. You need to understand your expenses versus revenue. A hundred percent. If you if you don't understand what you're bringing to the table, and you don't understand where the money's going, then how do you know what to bring in? You're you're just guessing at everything, and that's yeah. not you're not doing yourself any favors in that aspect you know you right it, it's actually saved us to because to, i have a spreadsheet for employee costs right and it's it's actually saved us because it's like Sorry, well, guys, why man. do you why do you guys have to charge this much hourly well it's because this employee costs this much and if i don't charge you this much i'm pretty much paying you to go work for you right now and that doesn't make any sense so it, it just goes back to the the more you track the more you know yep no, I agree. I don't think that's done enough, right? I, I think t doing time studies is utterly important to a contracting business just because <clears throat> you get, at, you know, you go and you look at a job, you're like, mm, that's 10 minutes, that'll take an hour, that'll take 15 minutes. And then you go and do it. And it was five hours total. And you bid it one way. And then it took you a totally different amount of time. It, 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 the numbers don't work. So yeah, and it certainly gets more sophisticated it. when you're doing per job, like if you're going out to a project and bidding, you know, a home or, or someone when when you don't, when you're working direct with whether it's the homeowner or direct with GCs or things like that, it, it, it frankly, the sophistication that's needed at that point should go up. It's going to take, um, you know, more, more, you have to start thinking about if you're going to work with you know, GCs or, or, or something like that to pay every 30 to 90 days, you got to start thinking about your, your backlog and your, you know, cash on hand to be able to finance that, that work. And that gets really complicated because you're talking about getting with banks for lines of credit and all this kind of thing. But what is important, I think, is the, just getting the baseline when you first start out, if you baseline this thing and you're, you, track all your expenses, you track your revenue, and you know what your break-even point is, that's a great starting point. And just like Kyle's mentioned, you can get, and, you know, Daniel and Jose, you, you, you increase your level of sophistication with this as you grow, but don't wait. Look, that's the biggest thing I've seen. I've seen guys get, you know, eight or 10 guys underneath them and they're, they're pulling uh, $2 million, $3 million in, in installation only. And they got way behind because they never did any of this uh, tracking, never paying their taxes, didn't even know what it was going to cost uh, from a tax standpoint or what their obligations were. So yeah, great stuff, Kyle. Thanks for the comments, man. I, I think that's um, valuable input. And at the end of the day, my encouragement to everybody is really to get started right when you start your business and don't wait till like I did, you know, four or five years later, I'm trying to figure everything out. I no, Thank you. Thank you for letting me on. I, I appreciate it. I, I think you're right. The, the earlier you start, the, the better off you're going to be. And you're talking about some things that I know even Daniel and Jose have, have going on and, and they're looking at how do we track our expenses and, and put, you know, figure out cash flow for the next 30, 60, 90 days and book projects around that. And like, it, it, you're right. It's never too early to start in that you need to understand your business that you, you opened a business 
and now you have to act like an actual business owner. You're you're not an installer anymore. You want to be an installer, go be somebody's employee because that's the only time you're an installer, in my opinion. I'll hire you. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you're subcontracting, you still own a business. And, yes. and so like it, it sorry, you own a business. You need to act like you own one. The store handing you or work order doesn't mean that you're just an installer. That's not how this works. So correct. It's all great yeah. advice. And that's where, you know, a uh, quick plug for Go Carrera. The the fact is, is when you get a work order from a Go Carrera company, there's a negotiate button there. Use it. If you need it, use it. Negotiate the work to what you think you can do the job for. Um, too many shops try to prescribe the cost. Our our platform has the change order and negotiation features for that reason is you are a company if you're a sub if you have to make more money now who knows what shop we there's you know several uh companies on the go career platform but so who knows whether or not you're pricing yourself out or not but the fact is if you have a good hammer rating a good kudos score in the system you're going to have more power to negotiate and um you know make the money you need to make from any shop that being said guys thanks everybody for joining us today we've ran out of time i want to give a special thank you to daniel and jose for joining us again kyle thanks for your uh input we super appreciate it and everybody who uh, had uh questions uh come back next tuesday we'll be um you know i forget what is our um do you remember? <laughs> I forget what our our uh, topic is next Tuesday, but join us at three o'clock Central Time, and uh, we appreciate everybody. And I hope you got a little bit of value out of this. So next week it's uh, learning and excelling. Learning and excelling. We'll we'll uh, further that one <laughs> a little further description by next week. So. Oh, yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks. Be on the lookout for an email for next week's um, huddle. Thanks for joining. Right. See you guys. Good.